This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 159 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, thank you very much for coming to join us. If this is the first time that you've come to join us, you can subscribe to this nonsense that we churn out every single week via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can also get us all over our social media at Fight Disciples uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just a quick point it is a new Facebook page. Um, go back a couple of episodes to find out why it's a new Facebook page Um, but it's there for you so if you like the previous page that one's gone we've got a new one hit the like button so then you never miss out on any of our daily content I'm going to let you in on something seeing as that uh, we're experiencing something quite fresh today because we're in uh, our our studio that we started off recording this particular show has been refurbished Mm -hmm. it's absolutely tipped up to the extent where there's actual air fresheners spouting every couple of seconds in the studio, right? So if you hear a little spray going off in the background, it's not uh, Nick putting on his dupe or his old spice behind his ears. It's the old air freshener. It's mainly because there's blokes in this studio and they need uh, they need a little bit of extra scent, don't they? To blokes. Make... Well, you need to make it not Northern smell... Northern men. Yeah, you need to make it not smell like a fucking student flat is basically yeah, what it's like. True. Uh, so we're back in our normal studio today, so hopefully it's uh, as sounding as... Uh, as uh, as uh, raspy as ever, and as uh, sexy as ever, as we uh, hurtle towards Christmas. Started uh, preparing our uh, Christmas specials uh, this week. Yep, got some good shit coming your way. I made some uh, notes previously about my uh, fight of the year, round of the year, and knockout pro- of the year. Don't get your prospect for next year, mate, because obviously I've won this year. Yeah, one nil, one nil. Uh, we got two uh, specials coming up. We need to. Um, we need to figure out a date to release them because traditionally we would release it on the Tuesday, so therefore that would be Boxing Day, wouldn't it? Mm. People want it on a Boxing Day. I think they would. If you're on your way to the footy, say, if you're going to a footy game on the, yeah. on Boxing Day. We, we get a lot of commuters, though, don't we, as well? Maybe we should put it out a day before. Put it out on, what, on Christmas? Monday. On Monday. On Christmas? That's Christmas that? Day, you clown. But listen. What, what do you mean? Is that Christmas Day? Of course it's Christmas Day. If Boxing Day is the Tuesday, then Christmas <laughs> yeah. Day is the Monday, you bellend. <laughs> I was thinking Boxing Day was the day before Christmas then. Eh? Uh, yeah, good no, point. No, 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 it's Christmas Eve, mate. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you now. This is what I'm waiting for. Listen, I'm on the Lemsips here. Yeah, Come on. It's nothing to do with that. S- smacked off me tits here on Lemsips. It's nothing to do with that. It's because your team at the weekend got dicked by Everton, is what it was. Christ. For those that were listening to a radio show that me and Nick did uh, at the weekend, I said during the show, Big Sam's getting a point at Anfield, and he was apoplectic. He said, absolutely no fucking chance honestly the best text message that I have ever sent Nick happened at around about quarter past four on Sunday afternoon I sent him a picture saying told you so with a lovely little picture of me and Big Sam laughing from an interview that I did years and years and years ago I hope you saved it as your screensaver no I deleted it straight away I didn't even reply to it did I no, 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 he didn't actually. And then I just pestered you until you did respond. And you went, yeah, all right, you called it, fuck off. I'll see you for the show this week. <laughs> uh, for those that are not football fans and have no idea what we're talking about, Nick's a Liverpool season ticket holder, goes week in, week out. They've been battering everybody for fun of late. Uh, Everton have been really shit. Merseyside yeah. derby at the weekend, one apiece. Eh? Yeah, because Jürgen the German decided, anyway, you know what, let's not get into it. No, 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 get let's into it. Fight sports get, no, no, instead. get into it. Jürgen the German picked the wrong team, that's why. <laughs> Handed it to them on a plate. Canel puts a kid up front that's never started a Premier League game. And then brings Danny Ings off the bench, who's had a broken leg since about 1994. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Fight Disciples does football. There's a new podcast coming to <laughs> yeah, you no. new next week where basically Nick's just going to rant about uh, Jurgen Klopp's team selections. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get into fight sports because your favourite fight we're fighting at the weekend, Matt. He sure was. Absolutely. Mm. And. Uh, it's just a pleasure to behold, isn't he? Yeah. I feel like I pinch myself every time he fights now. I, I've just got to, you know, I don't know whether anyone's seen the interviews this week with top rank boss. The, the Bob Aaron. Bob Aaron, who's, who's nearly in his 90s now. Was he, is he 86 or is yeah. he 96? He's, 86. He, anyway, he's fucking getting on, isn't he? And he'd said, this, is, this guy's the best thing we've seen since Muhammad Ali. And I was like, you better believe it is. T-, you know what I mean? And he proved it again at the weekend. Yet again, another, another retire. retirement. Mm. That's four consecutive retirements against six. top contenders. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. What he's doing is just fucking different class. I've got some stats here for you. Go on, son. Okay, so last four fights. So we're going to go Rogondo, round six. Yeah. Uh, Mariaga, round seven. Jason Sosa, round nine. 
Nicholas Walters, round seven. All quit. Yeah. All top contenders. All didn't fancy coming out. Didn't fancy it no more. Embarrassed by the Matrix. 29 rounds combined. He actually fought in those four fights. Mm. Mate, Lomachenko never lost one of them. I'm telling you now, he hasn't lost a round. Do you not reckon that it was uh, the first round against Rigo at the weekend yeah, was slightly competitive? Bollocks. No? Was it fuck? Did you not give it a 10-10? No, I didn't. You don't do 10-10s, I don't do 10-10s. Do 10-10s are for pussies. Get off the fence. <laughs> it's just, you know, you, you watch this guy and you've got to appreciate... What he's doing in there. You've got to get your edge on the fact that, you know, Rigondo, this is a pound for pound guy. This is one of the guys that people are arguing is the best on the planet. Well, Couldn't land a glove on Lomachenko. Yeah, Couldn't he, land a glove on him. Rigondo, right, is an absolute fucking melt after yeah. the weekend. That's it. I don't want to ever see you Game box over. Again. Don't want to see you box again. Game. Who's going to buy a ticket to watch him fight again? Broken hand. You didn't even fucking land it. How mate, did you break your hand? You broke no a fucking, fucking nail. I'll tell you what you did. You broke your ass, mate. That's yeah, what happened. Absolutely. You were getting absolutely handed to you and you shit your pants and thought, oh, I'm going to make a story up here you yeah. should have gone the, show me what you're all about you've had 70, you're 37 years of age you've had 17 pro fights don't get me wrong your amateur career was supreme yep. two Olympic gold medals I'll take my hat off to you but since you've been a pro you've been a prick you've fucked about you've bored people to death you lost your HBO deal people don't want to watch you fight this was your opportunity I, exactly I, I've bigged you up over the last six months I've fallen out with him several times on social media he now follows on social media he's probably going to unfollow me after this rant mm-hmm or his team, should I say, that uh, take care of it. But I bigged him up over the last six months because he shouted his mouth off and got this fight. Because yeah. he needed this fight. He needed a legacy fight. He had the balls to go, right, I'm going up two weight classes. I'm thinking, fair play, Rigo. Do you, you know what I mean, mate? I've given you an hard time. Fair play. And then you put in a performance like that at the weekend. It just stank of, I'm coming for a payday. Fuck off. I'm not interested in anything that that man has to do ever again. Go back to what... I'm glad you know that the now, even though I slagged it off last week, that the WBA and the way that they regulated what they were doing, yeah, taking his belt off him. him. Yeah, uh, £122, even if he got beat at £130. He deserve it. You deserve it being taken off you. Not interested in what he's got to do from now on, and I hope that that, that is it. I hope it is retirement, because he ain't. nobody's going to buy a ticket to go and watch him again. No. And it's a, it, it's embarrassing for fight sports in general, certainly for like young kids coming up, and you yeah. go, oh, this, this, you know, this is the best dads the out best. there who've got young week. sons who've gone, listen, son, come on, I will record this Sunday morning, we're going the to get up. The best. These are the two of the best on the planet. You're going to see something a bit special here. Any young kid watching that, I'd be like, he just copped out. He was getting embarrassed. And he decided it wasn't for him. Instead of rolling the dice, why is is something better than Rigondo? And this with the Bottom fans, you're getting fucked. You're losing rounds. You can't land the glove on the guy. Here's an idea: roll the dice and just fucking start winging away and just take a chance. This is why last week I was bigging the fight up because I was like, Rigondo wins rounds. He wins. This is what he does in his fights. He wins three or four rounds, gets on his back foot, and then he just superbly marshals his way through fights. But it's boring, yeah. and that's the Cuban way. Yeah, yeah. I knew he wouldn't do that against Lomachenko because Lomachenko wouldn't let him win three or four rounds. I knew, well, I suspected Rigondo would have to fight and that, I thought, would have given us an absolute gun show, would have been entertaining. But instead, Rigondo choose, chose not to fight, he chose to quit. And for me, that's fucking career suicide. I don't think he will ever fight again. What promoter would touch him now? Mm. Who would buy... Who, listen... If Rigondo was fighting in my back garden, as Bill Shankly used to say, I'd draw the fucking curtains. Mm. I've got no interest in watching this guy fight ever again. No. And we kind of said the same thing with Nicholas Walters last time. The difference was, Nicholas Walters, we knew he'd be overmatched. This was supposed to be a 50-50. Yes, Rigondo was coming up two weak divisions and all the credit for that. But this was supposed to be a competitive fight. It wasn't even close to being competitive. Lomachenko proved he's a pound-for-pound number one. Rigondo proved that... When the going gets tough, he quits. If you weren't lomosexual before, you most certainly are lomosexual yeah. now. Because the amount of people that I have a conversation with about the pound for pound list, right? And they give me this bullshit saying he's not fought, he's not fought enough fights, he's not done enough in his professional career, right? Blow me, blow me. Listen, means fucking nothing. We said seventh or eighth fight. Now he's mm-hmm. had eleven now, but seventh or eighth fight in. This guy's the best pound for pound on the planet. Two weight world champion. Yeah, but he lost. He lost the fight. And yep. people lose fights. That's the yep. way it is. For me, he is the best on the planet right now. And that's beating your Triple G's, your Canelo's. I love it when people like put people in categories. You know what I mean? 
putting a pluralizing someone's name in order to create some type of group of person. Yeah. Your triple G's of this world, your Canellos of this world. You sound a bit of a bellend when you're saying it, but I'm doing it anyway. But those type of characters, yeah. Yeah. You stick them all in a pot, and Lomachenko is the best fighter on yes. the planet right exactly. now. Pound for pound is exactly that. We're not saying if these guys fought because it doesn't work like that. What you're saying is pound for pound, this guy's got the most talent in the sport right now. I don't think there's any argument anymore. Lomachenko has got, he's the best all-round package fighter mm. boxing has got to offer today, mm. uncategorically. He's beaten... Sensational. He's beaten all the elite opponents that are in front of him. Everything. World champions, the double Olympic gold medalist. Exactly. They come in front, they're talking now of moving up in weight and fighting at even higher categories hey, to Mikey, become a three-weight. Did you see the video with Mikey Garcia? Mikey Garcia went to see him and they were chatting away and Mikey Garcia was like, listen, I'm going to come back down to lightweight and Lomachenko's eyes just lit up and he was like, man, I'm, I'll come up. Let's definitely make that fight. Let's One, make three, it happen. Five. That's a fight, man. Mikey Garcia, Lomachenko, lightweight. Listen, the, be- the beautiful thing about that fight, Garcia has balls. He's proved that in the yep. past. And two, he's got the equaliser. Yep. Can he land? Yep. If he lands, can Lomachenko take, take it? it? But the big question is, can, can he, he land? land? Exactly. Because... You can't fucking see that guy. <laughs> there's yep. like there's, there's like there's three or four of them in the ring with you at the exact same time because he's coming at you with such ridiculous footwork. He's all over the gaff. We said the same thing about Nicholas Walters. If he lands, oh, it could be Lomachenko could be in trouble and he quit. You know, I think we're at that stage now where we've got to start looking at opponents for Lomachenko that yes are going to push him, but also guys that have got a set of bollocks and aren't going to quit. And I, you know, Mikey Garcia doesn't come across as a quitter. Plus, he started his career at featherweight as well. Yeah, former super featherweight champion, former lightweight champion. He can get down. He to only went five. up. He only went up to fight Broner because yeah, yeah. Broner was a big money fight, and Broner's an accident waiting to happen. Mm. And he even said in this interview, "I'm going back down to lightweight. Why don't you come up?" And Lomachenko, I say, Lomachenko was like, "Well, I'm going up anyway, son. So it's happening." Mm. Hey, that's the fight. Next year, we could see Lomachenko in with Jorge Linares, Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia. Fuckity fuck. You know? If you're someone like Anthony Crowell or Luke Campbell right now, you're thinking, fuck, got to get in the mix for this. Because, listen. Bring got- him here. Bring him here. I want to see him here, mate. 100%. Come on, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. <laughs> We've championed you enough on this show, we know son. That, we know that whoever he's going to fight, he's going to be. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just bring him for the fans. Let yeah. us have a watch of him. Bring him here. Put some balls on someone. someone Crawler's got big balls. Crawler will fight him. Crawler won't quit. No, Crawler will give us at least 12. You know yeah. what I mean? We'll tell Lomachenko, listen, just don't go OTT. Just put on a bit of a school <laughs> and we'll have a bit of a crack for 12 rounds. Exactly. That'll be tremendous. It's, uh, it's sensational. and I just didn't think we'd get to this point. This morning, talking about the fight in the way we are, you know, that's how disappointed I am, really. I thought Rigondo was going to give him a fight. Mm. I, I knew Lomachenko would drag Rigondo out of his shell to fight. I didn't know that Rigondo, instead of coming out of his shell, would Shit drop it. his bollocks instead. Mm. Um, now, at the weekend, me and Nick were doing a radio show, um, all centred around everything that was going on at the Copper Box, uh, which obviously was on before the Lomachenko-Rigondo fight. Um, we are going to talk Stephen Smith as well at some point in this show because I know that you want to go extensive on that on your Radio City talk show tomorrow. Um, But let's get stuck into James DeGale. He got absolutely fucking battered, mate. Absolutely battered. Now, we were watching it with the sound off because we were doing a radio programme at the time. So we were just going off visuals, not listening to commentary. But every now and again, a scorecard would flash up that Richie Woodall had done, right? And as soon as I saw Richie's name across the top of the screen, I went, I'm not fucking paying any interest to that. Absolutely none whatsoever. Because he had the gale up, he had him level, he had him up. And I'm thinking to myself, "What, what are you watching? Every time I look at the screen, he's getting it put on him. Caleb Trex was going absolutely nowhere. Fair play to your son. You came to his back garden. Yep. You've failed on two or three occasions in the past when you've stepped up in class. Yep. You've been outclassed by the likes of Daniel Jacobs um, and Durrell uh, and the likes. Knocked them out, yeah. Um, so you think to yourself, okay, you've, you've got to have something about you to want to roll the dice once again for a man that we have personally said in the past is the best super middleweight on the planet. Yep. And he came and he put it on him and he wouldn't let him down, fair play. And he absolutely deserves now to be called the super middleweight champion. Yeah, let's not forget as well, you know, Caleb Truax was 16 to 1. 16 to 1 in a two horse race. Unbelievable. And and some of the bookies had James DeGale 100 to 1 on. That's how fucking wrong they got it. This was James DeGale's voluntary defence, which means he got to choose who this opponent was. Now, voluntary works that with the IBF. You can choose anyone ranked in the top 15 with Mm. the IBF. 
Caleb Tuax was number 15. Yeah, yeah. This was the lowest guy he could possibly pick. This was the easiest fight he could possibly get to come back to the copper box, to reinvent himself, present himself in London and push on for the World Boxing Super Series winner in the summer for a super fight with the likes of the guy, uh, Groves or Eubank or Callum Smith. This was it. This was his moment. This was his lottery ticket. And what he did was he, he he stood there, he backed up to the ropes, and Truax just snatched the lottery ticket right mm. out of his hands. Well, we said, didn't we, on the show last week, listen, we think he's going to win. It's how he wins. He has to yeah. go out there and be dazzling. He's got to put on a performance. Wouldn't have been good enough to win on points? No, not at all. But he wasn't even good enough to win on points because no. Truax... He nearly got I- stopped in the fifth. Them uppercuts in the fifth, I thought he was going to get stopped. Mm. Then yeah. again in the tenth, he looked like he was going to get top. I, listen... Before we get in on DeGale, let's just pay some respect to Truax because he did his homework. He worked out exactly what DeGale didn't like and that's pressure and being pushed up against the ropes. And he, he, he was, you're right, he's every inch worthy of being champion. But DeGale, analysing his performance, he looks shot. Yeah, he did. He looks like that's it. It doesn't look... look bear in mind, right, the Baddy Jack fight at the start of the year was an absolutely tremendous fight. We enjoyed that, and it was a bit of a war for him. We saw the pictures, what happened with the bridge in his mouth. He lost a couple of teeth. Uh, he had a septum in his nose, um, which was bust before that particular fight, so he's only breathing out one side of his nose. He's had his rotator cuff in his shoulder. That's all sorted. So he's basically been put together uh, over the last 12 months uh, as James. And um, obviously, that takes a... Uh, it, it speaks to any sports person. If you have major operations, especially three of them like he's had mm-hmm. over the last twelve months, it's going to take a bit of time to get yourself back in back in the swing of it. And um, now he's had eleven months. He's had eleven months to get yeah. himself sorted, get himself back in the gym, test his arm out, test his jab out, all yeah. that type of stuff, and get himself up to speed. As you've said, he's had an opportunity here to fight a low ranked guy. He's not gone in there and tested himself against number the top contender. boy. No. He's not going in against the top boy. He's going in against the number fifteen. So he thinks to himself, this is a perfect fight now. You've had your time in the gym. Get out there and do the things that you've been working on. Even if, do you know something? I know that we said it had to be a, a blistering performance, but even if it wasn't, outbox him. Use your skills to yeah. outbox him and get through it. Get the rust blasted off because it's the first time that you've been in there with your new shoulder, your new yeah. breathing apparatus and your nose, all this type of stuff, right? But he didn't He didn't have anything. He didn't no. have anything. He didn't have any gears or anything to go through, which then, for me, tells me, even at 31 years of age, he's got old overnight, mate. Yeah. He completely looked that way. Um, I know he had the shoulder surgery. I was looking into this. The shoulder surgery was until June. So in theory, he only had six months recovery from his shoulder surgery. And that was the one where he, that's what he said afterwards. Oh, the surgeon told me to have 12 months off. Maybe I've come back too soon. But then that's on him. You know, he, he's not a young kid. He's, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of experience under the belt now. He should know better. His corner team, Jim McDonald, should know better. Then they should have said, wait a minute. Listen, if we wait the full year, that's basically going to be as World Boxing, the World Boxing Super Series ends anyway. Yeah. So we're still going to be perfectly placed to fight the winner. Mm. So it, they are the ones to blame for coming back too early. And we were only highlighting the fact he needed a spectacular finish, not to keep them super fights set up for next year, because as long as he wins, them fights are there next year. We were talking about a spectacular finish to win over the fans, because James DeGale's got no fan base in the UK. And obviously, he's still he's he's definitely got no fan base here now. Fans can't relate to James DeGale like we relate to a Frampton or a Ricky Hatton or whatever uh, Anthony Crawler because we don't know who James DeGale is. He comes over quite arrogant. He comes over like not very personable. Now, when you speak to people that know his camp well and his mum's so close and everything, he's actually a nice he's a guy. Nice lad. He's, he's a, a nice really lad. Nice lad yeah. Yeah. And I think we've seen a bit of that in his interview afterwards. Well, where he was like, you know, what? I'm just going to have to look at where my career goes from here. I'm going to have to have a serious look at me corner team and how it's set up and, and what's going wrong and it's like you know what I felt like that was the first time I've seen James DeGale Being publicly DeGale. show himself mm. like put his heart on his sleeve and I'm like you know what I want to know him show me that James DeGale not the pompous prick that marches around and, and acts all arrogant and goes to sleep in the middle of fights that's who we need to see in 2018 and it's not over no. you know, I'll put this on social media it's not over because the perfect fight is ready for him you've got Groves versus Eubank Whoever loses is the perfect fight for James DeGale. Either Groves 3 or Eubank fight because there's a lot of animosity between Eubank and DeGale anyway. Both so coming off a loss. Exactly. Middle of next year, May, June next year. Absolutely perfect. set up for him. He couldn't have wished for anything better. But if he's not on it, if he performs like that, either of those guys finish James DeGale. I truly believe that. So mm. only he can have a look at himself, look at his team, have a hard look in the mirror and have a think whether he wants to do this anymore. But mm. in terms of Caleb Truex, again, I'm going to pull it back to my 
home city and people I know. I know you're going to do this. I know what you're going to do now. You're going to try and get Rocky Field in a fight. Rocky Field and Jumpy Fighting, Caleb Two. I knew you were going to do that. Then. Every other top contender is tied up with the World Boxing Super Series. Ramirez has obviously gone AWOL with his belt. Caleb Two X in Liverpool. Eddie Hearn, come on, mate. Mm. You know what? We 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 need it. Rocky Field and deserves it. I'd love to see that fight. Whilst whilst you've just brought that up, um, I think it's fair. I was going to save this till the end of the show, but seeing as that you just mentioned Rocky's name there, uh, we just want to do a little bit of a mention for Eric Scogland. Oh Christ! Yeah. Um, because obviously R- Rocky was due to fight him um, on the seventeenth at the O2 Arena on the Bellevue Hair undercard. Oh, this weekend, yeah, of course. Uh, but that fight obviously was uh, pulled because Hair pulled out the fight. Now you may or may not be aware uh, that Eric over the weekend, I think it was Friday night, this just mm-hmm. a routine training camp. Um, ended up collapsing. They've taken him into hospital, discovered a bleed on his brain. They put him in an induced coma. He has um, undergone surgery uh, and he's still in that induced coma at the time of us recording this particular show. I mean, yeah. as you're listening to this, maybe closer to the weekend, he might be out and everything might be fine. Uh, but the first four or five days after this type of surgery is absolutely critical. And uh, uh, we want to wish Eric and uh, Team Scogland all the very best and uh, the best of health because, end of the day, yeah, we love this. Uh, game we love fight sports uh we were intrigued by the personalities that uh, participate in this uh, brutal business uh, but the most important thing is people's health at the end of the day and we were very lucky well you were very lucky actually to spend a bit of time with uh, eric and his uh, and his family whilst they were over here for the uh, callum smith fight weren't you in liverpool yeah i was yeah i had a good chat with uh, with his dad who's his coach and uh, and also his girlfriend who's his nutritionist but his mum's part of the setup his brother's a sparring partner fully you know it's team scoggling there's very much a family affair and uh, came across as a really nice guy the social media exploded through that callum smith fight so many british fans yeah i'm sure in he won fans. over so many people. Exactly. His career was just about to take off. Exactly. Really. His performance was outstanding, but the way he carried himself, uh, yeah. you know, he accepted. It was a close fight, but he accepted he lost on the night. You know, I think he, he took a lot of credit from that, hence the reason why he got the fight with Rocky Fielding, because he's got a real fan base over in the UK now as well as Sweden. So, as you, you're right, his, his, his career was 100% about to take off, but... Right here, right now, I think the last thing, uh, you know, Team Scotland will be thinking about is boxing. Mm. You know, the main thing is now is trying to get him fit and healthy and, and fingers crossed he pulls through. No, absolutely. Um, and keep an eye on our social media because when we hear anything uh, with us being connected to uh, Rocky, because I'm sure he'll, he'll get notification on that as well because they were talking about obviously rescheduling their fight for maybe February or March. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when uh, some news does come through on Eric Scoglin, keep an eye on our social media at Fight Disciples. Uh, we'll pass that on to you. Uh, back to the copper box at the weekend. Um, Lee Selby was in action. Um, now, we know now that Lee Selby's got a three-fight deal with uh, Frank Warren. It is going to be Josh Warrington next. We're being told that it's Ellen Road and it's May 2018. That's what we're being told, all right? Nothing's yep. confirmed, nothing's in, in stone, but that's what we're being told by Frank's team. However, regarding Selby, he's had three fights this year, yeah? I haven't been asked about any of them. Couldn't be honest with you, mate. I haven't been asked about any of the fights that Lee Selby's been involved with uh, this particular year. However... I am starting to get excited about the narrative that is being created with Josh Warrington. Even though the, the, I believe there are levels between these two, mm-hmm. there's a nice little narrative, a nice little bit of needle starting to be created, and I'm starting to get bothered again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't forget, though, the last three fights that he's had, Selby, he's had to overcome some absolute madness. You know, that first fight was fell off on the scales. Remember in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be happening in America, and the, the, at the scales, the guy failed the blood test and they pulled the fight completely. He was in the middle of Vegas, had done a whole camp. Then that fight gets rearranged, and then before the Barrios fight, literally the week of, he gets a phone call from his brother and sister to say his mum had just dropped dead, and she wasn't even ill. Mm-hmm. She wasn't suffering from a long-term illness. She dropped dead suddenly, and, and, and they presumed he would come home, and he said, no, no, I'm here, I'm, I'm fighting. Don't mention, and his, even his corner team apparently came to him and said, Lee, your mum's passed away. You're like, it's fine, let's go home. And he said to them, do me a favour, don't mention it again. I've got a fight in a couple of days, let's get this fight done. And he goes and beats Barrios and then, you know, that just shows the measure of the man. And then, obviously, he has this fight with Ramirez at the weekend. I thought Ramirez was the perfect pre-Josh Warrington opponent. Mm. Undefeated Mexican, all action, um... Brings high pressure, but not the biggest puncher. He couldn't have asked for a better sparring partner, if you like, prior to a Josh Warrington fight. You know, I think 
after the year he's had, Lee Selby will be happy to put 2017 behind him. If you look at what he's come through, the fact he's still world champion is remarkable. I think he pushes on. The Warrington fight looks like it's definitely going to happen in the spring, more than likely going to be in Leeds, more than likely going to be Ellen Road or somewhere like that. And then we're talking about Frampton surely later in the year. Mm. Listen, we've you know we've mentioned it here, and I, and I reiterate: yes, he wasn't outstanding at the weekend. Yes, you know I believe Lee Selby can go up through gears more than we've seen against Ramirez at the Copper Box. But I genuinely also believe that on his day with the right opponent, and by the right opponent I mean a better opponent, Lee Selby could be the best featherweight on the planet. Mm. If he performs, and I said this to you whilst we were doing our radio show at the weekend, if he performs like he did at the weekend uh, in front of Frampton then for me, it becomes a highly competitive fight. Yeah. Highly competitive where I think Frampton might nick it. Um, but I've said on here many, many times, I think Selby's the best. Um, and if he boxes to his potential, and everybody boxes to potential on their night, I think Selby can make a, a fight with Frampton and a fight with Warrington very, very easy for himself if he really, really wanted to. Yeah. Well, they're the huge fights that his career needs now. You know, he's uh, 27 fights into his career. He's 30 years of age. We've been talking about this guy for a long time, yet... Yeah. I, I promise you that a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of people that listen to Fight Disciples won't be able to say, oh, I can't, and I'll never forget the night he did this. I'll never forget this performance. He's had a bit of a forgetful career so mm. far. He needs this breakthrough. You know, we, we, we talked about this narrative before. He can't afford to be the junior witter of the, of, of junior witter was always in Ricky Hatton's shadows, mm. yet he was a world champion. Mm. And it feels like Lee Selby is going to be in, in Carl Frampton's shadow unless he gets this big breakthrough fight. Mm. You know, and don't forget, Witter Hatton never happened. You know, and there's a potential this couldn't happen. So we've got a Selby needs a big name. Warrington sets up the story perfectly. They're all with Frank now. They're all tied to BT Sport. I think he fights Warrington in spring, sets up a super fight with Frampton in summer. And then after that, could be looking at the end of the year, Leo Santa Cruz, Oscar Mares, something like that. Big fights, huge mm. fights. Uh, Anthony Yard uh, was also in action at the weekend, and this for me was his first proper real test. You love it, don't you? I do You're love him. Such a huge uh, look at your little face, like yeah, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of Anthony Yard. I really am, yeah. Um, and I think it's the first time that we've ever really seen him uh, have to answer any particular questions um, in his professional career. He's still quite young in this. He only had 13 amateur fights. I think he's now 13 professional fights mm-hmm. into his career. Um, the things that I conclude from the weekend is that Anthony Yard is hittable. Yep. But he's bloody powerful. Really powerful. And he's a real force at light heavyweight. I don't want him to be rushed along because I know that he's going to soon, if he keeps winning, the WBO ranking is going to keep getting closer and closer to uh, a couple of mandatory situation. And I don't want that at this moment in time. I think it's far too fast for him. But there's other avenues for him to participate in, some of which I've mentioned on this show before, uh, being British, Hosea Burton, Frank Bullioni, Callum yep. Johnson, those type of characters. I'd love to see him fight some of those boys and see if he can go and snatch himself uh, a Lonsdale belt. But what I saw at the weekend, he answered a few questions for me, did Anthony Yard, rather than just going in and blowing a kid away and everybody being going, huh, and again, yep. so what? He got in a couple of times and you yep. thought to yourself, all right, you've got to bite down a little bit and you've got to you, you've got to figure it out. You've got to use angles in the ring. And I thought he did that very well. Yeah, me too, yeah. And you know what? I think that opponent at the weekend, you know, this is a guy that had never been stopped before. And mm-hmm. if you look at who he's lost to, uh, he's lofted against world-class opposition. Sacco Bika, Arthur Abram, that was a world title fight. Callum Smith was a world title eliminator. Tyron Zuzia was a world title limiter. You know, you'd like to think Callum Smith's about to become a world champion. Zuzia already is a world champion. Abram was the world champion. And, uh, you know, uh, Sacco Bika is a former world champion. So these are all guys he's been a distance with who are all legit. Yes, they're all super middleweights, yeah. but all legit and very good boxers as well. This uh, this kind of performance, a stoppage like this, makes me think. You know, we we spoke about Yard previously, and we, and we say he's with the right promoter in Frank because Frank knows how to steer these careers to build up experience. But what Yard proved to me at the weekend was he can face a capable and far more talented boxer and put him away, take a shot and put him away. So now I'm starting to think, you know what? I'm not against this British title fight in early in 2018 like I was previously. I'm starting to think now Yard has got the ability and the chin to be able to take on some of these boxers and dismantle them. You know, for me on paper, he was the the puncher versus the boxer at the weekend. Yet he proved that he's got the power and he's got the chin to open up angles and to, and to stop the fight. I think now that wraps it into for a British title shot in the new year. And then there's the animal that is Triple D. Triple D, baby. If I, if I get excited about um, Anthony Yard, you get excited about Triple D. And to, to be fair, so does Frank. We spoke to him uh, in that radio show that we were doing on Saturday night, and he yeah. went, yeah, lad's a monster. That's yeah. basically how we describe Triple D. 
Uh, fair play, he is an absolute animal. Dorian Darch is no mug. Don't get me wrong, we're not talking about an elite level heavyweight in Dorian Darch, but what we are talking about is a very weathered and very durable journeyman is what we're talking about. And you could tell when he was punched in that first round, straight away his eyes lit up and he thought to himself, what the fuck have I done here? Why have I taken this fight? Fair play, um, Daniel Dubois. 20 years of age, stoppages for fun. Don't rush, bags of time, but he's got to be. How, how, how do you manage this career now? How do you, how, where do you put him next, Nick? You, we're going to have to bring in international opponents because obviously there's going to be a fight now to to get him to the British title level. It's just unnecessary at the moment because you know there's people like you know David Price coming back along and things like that that he probably doesn't need right now. Um, but Dorian Darch, you know, I, I, again, you know, the guy's far from a journeyman. What he is, he's like a benchmark fighter, isn't he? It's like a, all these hot heavyweights, they kind of use him as a as a marker. Huey Fury went the distance with him. Anthony Joshua obviously blew him away, but didn't blow him away as convincingly as this. But the guy's got wins over, remember that Larry Obama or whatever his yeah, name was, yeah, who yeah. was Frank... Uh, Frank Maloney's big heavyweight hold at one point. The guy's not an absolute mug. It was a good opponent for this stage in his career. But Triple D, man, he's just an absolute dynamite puncher. And he throws, not only does he throw heavy lever, he's got a killer instinct about him as well. For such a young lad, he really doesn't give two fucks about what's coming back the other way. And you've <laughs> got to appreciate that as a fight fan. You've got to be like, yeah, you know what? I just want to watch this guy all the time. He's had quite a lot of fights this year. He's gone 6-0 and this year, obviously. Um, and he's going to have another busy 2018. But, you know, there's only so long where you can... Yes, he is only a baby. Yes, he is only 20. But, you know, now I'm starting to think Tyson was let off the leash pretty early on as well. And part of the dynamic was that he was just young and didn't give a fuck and paid no respect to anybody. So now, previously on the show, I've been like, you know, let's bring him along slowly. You won't see him in a title shot for two or three years. Now I'm kind of like, fuck it, man. If he's this good... And we're hearing he's beating even better people in the gym and putting them over. If he's this good, then fuck it, put him in. Like, let's see what happens. Like, let's put him in the mix. This is a genuine Anthony Joshua opponent inside the next two years. And that's some real shit. That's a massive, <laughs> massive fight. It's incredible. Look here, you're getting your 10%, aren't you? Trying yeah, to make I'm that fight, you. man. Trying to get your 10%. I've been on this Triple D gravy train since the beginning. So. Are you picking him for your prospect next year? Uh, he hasn't had enough fights no, I'm setting a criteria on this. What's, what's got to be? What's got to be the minimum? Because I think last year we had what? What were Jack and uh, I think they were both Robbie. about eleven and no, right. twelve. So they've got to be in the double figures. Got to be in the double figures to be a prospect of the year because there's a good chance that Daniel could have six fights next year, but they would all be you know of a similar ilk to Dorian Darch, and that's no mark on Dorian Darch. But I think for your prospect of the year, we picked two crackers there because by the end of the year, your British guys champion. won the British champion. Yeah, Mike, say that again. Say that again. By the end of the year, your guy's British champ. My guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. My guy, yeah, yeah. At the moment. My guy's British champ. Listen, my city's produced a couple of young pups there, and your guy, they're breathing down the neck of your guy, let me tell you. My guy will be British champ. My guy's British champ. That's it. End of. Uh, and my guy Brains obviously of the show. Brains had of the show. A, had a, That's all I'm saying. Had, a, had an international title fight and lost it in his first defence, but he's going to get a rematch early in mm. the new year as well. So fingers crossed it all comes together. But yeah, I think you were looking at guys early into double figures. Obviously, we're going to stick with British, aren't we? We're not going to yeah, go yeah, international. Yeah, yeah. Stick someone who's going to become at least British champ. That's what I mean, yeah. You want you want someone that's going to move forward. That's our criteria. Yeah. Okay, all right. One man that has been British champion that, uh, without any shadow of a doubt, gained a boatload of brand spanking new fans, even though he was defeated at the weekend at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Uh, now, Nick's going to be doing this on the award-winning Radio City Talk Show tomorrow, all right? So you can get this on your feed. Um fightdisciples.com is the website go there make sure you subscribe because there'll be another show coming your way which is Merseyside boxing specific and with Stephen Smith being a scouser obviously I think it's only fair that he features quite heavily uh, on that particular show so I just wanted to touch upon it today we know Stephen we've interviewed Stephen many many times he's a top guy really top guy had a phenomenal amateur career he's been on the cusp of world glory on uh, a couple of occasions now and at the weekend getting an opportunity to fight an absolute legend in Francisco Vargas and going to Mandalay Bay uh, to fight absolutely superb and testament to him in his career so far Um, and I thought into the fight he's got his work cut out because Vargas a lot of people said to me that Vargas might just be on the edge he might just be on the edge going over the early he might just be getting him at the right time Listen, this is fucking Francisco Vargas, man. Yep. This is proper shit. Yeah. So I, I knew that he had his work cut out. I thought he'd be competitive. I knew that he would never like heart. He'd be going at it. But I thought that in the, in the end, 
he would come up short on points is where I thought that this fight would go. That's the way it was going as and, well. And that's the way it was going. Of course it was going. And I think if we go to the full 10 rounds, that's the way it plays out. However, something happened in the middle of the fight, which then dictates what everybody's talking about today, especially in the light of uh, Rigondeau quitting at the weekend when there was absolutely nothing wrong with him whatsoever. Swifty's ear was hanging off. Literally. He's been taking a lot of right hands to the left that left side of his face. And heads. There was a lot of yeah, head clashes of in there as well. And, and his ear did balloon up. Yeah. I mean, early doors, Paul was in the corner with him and he had the ice on the ear straight away because it was bruised up. It was, you know, massive. It was, there was a big hematoma in there, let's be straight, man. Yeah, and yeah. he only needed one proper blow on it to blow the thing wide open. I've never seen that before, though. <sighs> I've, ne- I've seen it in MMA. I've seen people's ears pop in MMA, but yeah. I've never seen it in boxing. No, he literally got a cauliflower ear inside five rounds. Mm. I've never seen that before. Usually, punches, it can't be that. There's not enough impact between the cushion glove and the skull to make the ear swell up that much, which makes me think, because they both were, you know, going forward with the head. It was a tough fight, you know, it was a little bit of a war. Um, I think as oh, much as anything, that's, that's head, head clashes as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a fight. <laughs> Shit happens. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at Vargas. Um, but that's what's made the ear swell up. That's what's given him a cauliflower ear so rapidly. And you could see there, as I say, Paul was fighting with it, wasn't it? Paul was trying to trying to get it under grips, but it was just out of control. And then, you know, you could see, early on, you could see how big and how bright red it was. It was just filled with blood. But to see it pop like that and burst in the manner it did was just weird, man. Very weird. I've never seen that before. Mm. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. That's balls of steel. He's won an awful amount of fans off the back of that. And I've no doubt there'll be a few people, in, even in defeat, whatever he decides to do now, I don't think he's going to struggle to get a knock. There'll be a few guys thinking, fucking hell, he's got balls of steel. He, he ain't going anywhere. If we need a tough, durable opponent to come over to the States and fight one of our boys, give Stephen Smith a shout. He's a decent featherweight. Get him in there. Yeah, he's got some. T- he's had a lot of global press since afterwards. You know, a lot of the uh, American websites and also the likes of Lad Bible and everything have jumped all over it going, fucking look at this guy. And he wanted to continue as well. And he did. And, um, you know, that's just the way Stephen is. And, you know, even though he was behind on the scorecards, and I think that's why he left the ring straight away. He knew that they had to get back and get that. Get Stays that looked at as soon as possible. You know, his ear was literally hanging off. Um, but I know he's had good surgery and he was expected to fly back to Liverpool on Monday. So hopefully all's well with him. But you've got a feel for him because this is, again, you know, he'd spoke about this being his last chance. And it just didn't quite. I think he got pulled into a fight a little bit early with Absolutely. Vargas and went toe to toe. Needed to keep it long, didn't he? He needed to just box. Yeah, you know, uh, Spencer Oliver mentioned it on the Sky commentary as well that. He just needed to box a little bit more and not get involved as much as he did. But you know what? It's fucking Mandalay Bay, man. Your name's up in lights. and Vargas wants to fight. Let's Vargas fight, man. Vargas wants to fight. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, and Steven's not a, not anyone that's going to walk away from a fight. So it, 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 when he comes back and reflects, he will be disappointed. But you're right, on a global scale, he's made himself a bit of a star. And you know, let's not forget, he, he took this fight when he was mandatory for the European belt. Yeah. You know, and he, he stepped up to a world level again. So that European title shot definitely still there for him in 2018. Mm. I just think he'll probably need some time away now with that ear to fully recover. You're probably looking at least six months for that ear to recover properly. So mm. More on this on the, the Radio City Talk Show, which is Merseyside-specific. Uh, it'll be available in your feed from Wednesday morning uh, this week. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Fightdisciples.com Did you watch on the undercard as well of that? That um, Orlando Salido versus Miguel Roman, the old Mexican clash. Mm. Absolute belter. Salido, of course, was the guy that fought Vargas, Vargas. just before. Which, yeah, the draw, didn't he, for yeah, the WBC yeah. belt. And then this is the Salido that beat Lomachenko, isn't it? Mm. In his second fight. So... Yeah. Him and that, Salido obviously got stopped down a stretch, but him and that Roman, if in anyone who hasn't seen it, that 100% is worth getting on your Sky Planner for. Salido versus Roman, the main event for Mandalay Bay on Saturday. It wasn't a title fight, it was a 10-rounder, eliminator for a title, but it was absolutely brilliant. Salido was on the deck a couple of times, but man, it was a fight, wasn't it? He went toe-to-toe. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, by the time you're listening to this, it may have already been announced, uh, but by the time we're recording it, it hasn't. So we're going to kind of spitball a few things. Uh, Kel Brook is stepping up to £154. I think everybody knows that. And we are led to believe at some point this week, probably you've already got this, uh, is that his opponent will be announced and he will be fighting in March in Sheffield 
uh, for his debut at this particular weight category. I said debut because obviously he jumped two weights, didn't he, to go to uh, Triple G. So he fought at 160. Now he's coming back down uh, to 154 pounds as he's done with 147, where he used to be the world champion. Now, and, uh, again, I keep referring to this radio show that me and Nick did at the weekend. But on that show, we were referring to a possible opponent being Sam Eggington. Um, for this fight in March, and uh, it makes an awful lot of sense for me, makes an awful lot of sense for you as to why that would happen. But I saw a thing online yesterday where Eddie Hearn has said, no, it won't be Sam Eggington. won't be Sam Sam Eggington. What are you saying good for? Good. What are you saying good? I just don't think it's the wrong fight for Sam Eggington. Do you? It does nothing for Sam Eggington's career. Makes him a few quid. does nothing for his career, though. I think there's better fights out there for Sam Eggington. Always protect... You, do you know something? You'd be a good promoter. You. You'd be a good promoter, you. I like Pro- Sam Eggington. No, you protect your fighters. That's yeah, what you do. You? You, you, I'm going to call, start calling you Barry from now on. That's what I'm going to start calling I you. I like Barry. <laughs> uh, so we're being told that it's not going to be that. Um, do you anticipate just a little tune-up? It's not going to be anything of any major level, would you anticipate, Nick? I would have thought so, yeah. I can't see him jumping straight back up into the mix. You know, this is a... Let's be honest here, this, this should have happened previously. You know, we shouldn't have come all the way back down to welterweight um, and had his belt ripped off them in the manner he did last time. He needs to get his confidence up, back as well in the ring, doesn't he? After jumping up and fighting Triple G to come back and to defend your belt against Earl Spence Jr. again, it, it just spelled disaster. And we, we said as much as that fight came about, Earl Spence Jr. was red hot, mm. potentially the best out there. You know, and, and you know, there's some good guys out there with Thurman and, and Crawford, but we knew it was a, a big risk to do that. I think now to come back um, as a as a light middle makes perfect sense for me. And I just think they'll be kicking themselves after doing what they did last time. They'll be coming back looking to make a bit of a statement. You know, Jeff Horn would be a great fight out there if he can get it. That would be a great fight for Kel Brook. Jeff's uh, fighting this. Don't this Jeff. Jeff's fighting this week, mate. He's got. He's, he's got Gary. Fighting. He's got the. He's got the Gary bomber. Corcoran. Gary Corcoran. He's got Gary Corcoran, yeah. the new WBO champion at the end of this week, mate. Where's Gary Corcoran ranked? Six hundred and something. It's crazy, but I think obviously there's Kel. I think this opponent for I think the fight you try and make there with Sam Eggington that makes sense for Kel Brook's career because Sam I think is not on Kel's level technically. It didn't make sense for me for Sam Eggington's career, which is why I was surprised they were going to make that fight. I'm glad they're not going to make the fight. There's obviously better fights out there. Kelbrook just needs a win, and he's right back in the mix. But don't be surprised if he calls out Jeff Orne when he does, because mm. Jeff Orne's kind of like the mark champion in this weight class. Mm. And as if uh, by magic, by the way, there's been a particular um, rumoured fall of Kelbrook's knocking about in the jungle, eating widgety grubs. Uh, he's now out of the jungle from uh, eating widgety grubs and surprisingly posting stuff on social media saying that he's back down to his fighting weight of 147 pounds. You know what? Oh. I, keep, I keep getting mixed up at who's, who's doing what in this weight division now because they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Amir Khan is the man that I am referring to. Yeah. We anticipated that maybe uh, Amir, of course, has fought up at 160 against Canelo. So you think to yourself, right, 154 pounds, that'd be quite nice. Get yourself down there and have a little bit of a scrap with Kel Brook. No, I've got, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm going lower. I'm going lower to 147. He's going to do anything to avoid this fight with Kel. It's never happening. Let's get it out yeah. of our heads. All those fight disciples who want to see that fight, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It is done. Mainly because Amir Khan has been in the jungle, bought himself a boatload of new fans, so therefore he could fight me or you and sell out the arena because all the uh, the uh, Tawi lot would want to go and see him fight, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? David Hay effect is what I call it. It's been a masterstroke by Amir. An absolute masterstroke. He's become a housewife's favourite. Stop it. We gave him shit for going in and now he's absolutely mugged us right (laughs) off, hasn't he? He's shown it's the best thing to do. And, um, you know, everyone now is talking about Amir Khan in the country. Everyone wants to buy tickets to his next fight. So don't expect Amir to fight anybody of note next. But it probably will be at welterweight. And, you know, he's the one that will probably... Sorry, he'll be the one that pushing for the Jeff Horn fight, of course. Mm. Um, While Kel is left to to pursue other things up at light middleweight. I'd like to see Kel Liam Smith. I think that's a great fight to me. Up at light middleweight. Don't get me wrong, I want Liam Smith to get the shot at uh, Saddam, Ali. Saddam Ali for the WBO belt because he deserves it, but that's a great shot down the line, a mm. great fight down the line. Mm. Speaking of 147s, or people that have made a big impression at £147, I'm just going to annoy everybody now by mentioning Manny Pacquiao's name. Uh, Pacquiao, obviously, has just been made a colonel in the Filipino army. Uh, we know full well at some point he'll be the president of the Philippines, and it oh, looks like... fucking talk about Conor McGregor fight now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. 
He's obviously looking to bankroll his presidency. And how do you do that? What's the biggest money out there? I'll tell you where the biggest money is. It's in one of those hybrid hybrid crossover fights with a certain Irishman that is absolutely tearing up Dublin at this moment in time, um, who is all for one in the world of boxing. And he will 100% be all for two if this ever, (laughs) ever happens. What the fuck is going on? Listen. Pacquiao, McGregor, no. Let's not do this. Just for the good of my sanity and the good of the fans, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I know that you can make a few quid, and the lovely people in the Philippines will probably buy this as bo- for box office, and your army of fans, Connor, will probably shell out a few quid to watch this as well. However, we all had a fun, and I was one of those people that loved that fun in McGregor yeah. and Mayweather. Couldn't, I couldn't get enough of the dance. Yeah. Couldn't get enough of it. It was great. Two of the biggest pay-per-view stars on the planet slagging each other off in press conferences and then having an okay fight. It wasn't a world-class fight. It was an okay fight. I, I didn't mind it. But we've all had a fun. Let's all go back to our normal business now, yeah? Let's all forget that it ever happened. You crack on with the UFC. You crack on with boxing or go into retirement. Job done. And let's get on with the sports that we both love. No. Everybody's seen $100 million, cheddar ching, and gone, I'll have a fucking piece of that pie is what's going on. Yeah. We were saying at the weekend, mate, this, for me, starts to then damage the sports that we love because new fans come, they have a look, they go, oh, that was okay. And then they get to see another circus and it won't be as good. It won't be as good as the press conferences that we experienced between mm-hmm. Mayweather and McGregor. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people won't buy into it as much. The dance won't be as good. Then you'll start to see other characters getting involved with this as well. People who aren't necessarily pay-per-view stars. Yep. And then it'll start to siphon down and dilute down. And then it'll end up killing everything. <laughs> and then people on TV who run TV companies will be going... I'm not putting that on TV anymore. In fact, fuck it. I'm not putting boxing on TV anymore. It's all shit. And this UFC can fuck off as well. And then only people, the only time that you'll be able to get anything is via some shitty website stream uh, or some barroom brawl. That's the only time that you're ever going to see it. Listen, let's stop this farce now. Forget it. Leave it alone, Manny. Bankroll it some other way, okay? I'm done. Okay. I want to see it. No! (laughs) You fucking idiot. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you why? No, you don't want to see. I'm going to make a. I'm going to. I'm going to make an argument as to why this has got to happen. No, this has got to happen. No, you only want it to happen, so then Manny clears off and becomes the president of the Philippines. That's it. That's the only thing you're interested in. Fight sports needs this fight. No, it doesn't need this fight at all. <laughs> Connor needs it for his own sanity to I'm get him t- out of getting shot. Okay, I'm going to tell you why this is going to happen and how it's going to happen, and the difference between the pack the man the uh, Mayweather fight. Go on. Manny Pacquiao has got a financial investment in a mixed martial arts brand mm-hmm. in Asia. Mm. Manny Pacquiao versus Conor McGregor in a mixed martial arts fight under certain rules, i.e. no takedown, standing only. Not a problem. That's Conor's world. They'll sign up for that. It takes place inside a cage. It's the first hybrid MMA boxing fight. Conor McGregor being the A-side here in terms of ticket sales drives that revenue. It hap- Mate, it's got, you're shaking your head. I am shaking my head. I'm thinking fucking Thunder Lips and Rocky is what I'm thinking. It, it's, I genuinely think this fight, unlike the Malinaji fight where I was like, New York, Malinaji, boxing ring, St. Patrick's Day, no-brainer, Michael Conlon, chief support, done. Definitely going to happen. I think with Pacquiao, there's that difference where... I don't think anyone wants to see a boxing match anymore because no, we've we've seen what we've seen and Mayweather toyed with toyed with McGregor and finished them kind of whenever he wanted. Yet it was it was cool for four rounds because we were like, wow, what's happening? But in reflection, we were a bit like, oh, Mayweather made you, it made it happen listen, exactly. What you are selling me here now, right? This is reminding me very much of the Hot Shots Part Deux fight scene with Charlie Sheen in there when he dips his hands in some midget gems, right? That's basically what you are now. You are pro- you are promoting the biggest farce of all time. No cage, no cage. No, it's like some like little Filipino backstreet, right? Just put a lot of sand down on the floor, put a ri- put a little rope around. This is you can stay inside the rope and then just get everybody with like chickens on the street and and snakes in the corner. Somebody's charming a snake. People just chucking money into the actual uh, ringed circle that they are, and then they go toe to toe and have a bit of a proper scrap. Macau, China, yeah, shitload of money, mm. a cage. Stand up only. No, no cage. No cage. McGregor versus no. Mayweather. Yeah. Uh, McGregor versus Pacquiao. It's happening, man. Get your head around it. 2018. April, would have been told. Jesus. The, well, according to Bob Arum, who we've spoken to recently, um, talks have started. Talks have... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. 
I'm moving on. I feel for Oscar. Listen. I feel for Oscar. (laughs) Why? Because he's missing out on the door? (laughs) Again. Fuck off. Poor Oscar, He's going to be back on the crack soon, isn't he? Poor Oscar. In the the fishnet stockings is what Oscar's going to be doing. Listen, whilst I'm on a rant at this moment in time, uh, I know that you listen to the show because you've been on this show previously, the Bronze Bomber, Deontay Wilder. I know that you're a big fan of this show. Um, and we're a big fan of you, mate, especially if you go and baptise that bloody drug sheet. Yes, right? please. Get in there, get into King Kong and absolutely put him into retirement. I've had enough of that shit. Fighting at the weekend, all this stuff with the WBA and WBC, one allowing him to fight, one not allowing him to fight. Yep. He's cheated not once, he cheated twice. Get in there and baptise him, brother. Get on. Well, in fact, we're going to fly out and we're going to be ringside screaming at you. Come exactly. on, get it done. We, we keep moaning that boxer needs someone in there to clean up all his drug cheats. He is the clean... He's the guy. He's the guy to clean it up. He's the guy, yeah. He... Wilder is the guy to clean up the heavyweight division. Just keep putting him in with the drug cheats and let him just annihilate them in first round like he did with Stavane. I've never wanted... Uh, Wilder to win a fight as much as I want him to win this fight I just want him to destroy him and prove a point mm. let's get these fucking drug cheats out of our sport forever the, the, uh, get him in with Wilder and he'll win exactly. Mill- windmill him send them all, send them all the way line on. them all up yeah. line all the drug cheats up and let Wilder just windmill through the lot of them mm. um, speaking of drugs um, and hearings and various things like that that are connected to fight sports uh, as we're recording this this is the day that this the, is today. the yeah. Tyson Fury D-day. hearing begins um, fucking hell, mate. We've said on many occasions that if they do find him guilty, then he's kind of already served his ban because the most that you could ever suspend somebody for is two years. But all the rumours are coming out that if he's guilty, they're going to do him for four years. Unbelievable. Isn't it crazy? Unbelievable. They just fucking make this shit up as they go along. It's unbelievable. The maximum ban is two years, but now they're saying, uh, fuck, well, basically, basically, the whole thing that's been playing out in the media is saying, we fucked up a bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't just like ban him but he's already served his ban there needs to be some punishment so let's put another let's put another punishment on top of it it's absolute bullshit it is when you look at other people in the weight division who've been popped for actual steroids doing it actual anabolic steroids and suffered very little bans if any bans whatsoever and yet he was done for elevated levels of testosterone and yet they're looking at a four-year ban. It's fucking absolutely outrageous mm. and it would net again we've said this before categorically would never happen to Anthony Joshua. It's because he's Tyson Fury mm. and because he's a traveller and because of the outspoken way he's spoken in the past and whatever else his views are. I don't give a fuck about all that. That's not how I judge the man. I judge the man as a sportsman and as, a, and as an athlete and as a boxer. And in that regard, mate, he did something this sport desperately needed. He, re, he, re, he lit the blue touch paper on a new era for the heavyweight division mm. and he doesn't get the fucking respect he deserves for it. Mm. Uh, Rumours that his uh, cousin, Huey, will be uh, taking on Dillian White. I'd seen Huey called for it, yeah. Good fight, make it happen. Let's see it. Yeah, I yeah. 100% think that should happen. Mm. I think that's where Dillian White is in his career. He needs someone, he needs a former world title challenger to prove he's worthy of it. Because for me, he's never proved he's world class. Do you know something? I think Dillian gets schooled in this fight, you know? I think he gets absolutely schooled. I think Dillian only really looks good or entertains um, and gives me the buzz when someone's coming at him. He's a, Listen, he's got a massive heart on it and he's got fucking King Kong balls and he can fight. Yeah. He's a street fighter. Come up against the boxer, i.e. Huey Fury, I think he could make him look a bit stupid. I really do. Um, however, I'd love to see the fight. I really would. Dillian White, uh, Huey Fury, there's rumours that that might be happening at the start of the year. Um, and we haven't spoken to you since uh, Bell U Hare's new date of uh, Cinco de Mayo. Don't get excited, it ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's right. You can bang on the money. <laughs> May the 5th is when it has been rescheduled for it. ain't fucking happening, I'm telling you now, mate. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't turning up, is he? No. Uh, so there you go. Oh, he's got form. Mm. But the only good thing about it, and I tweeted this exactly when it was announced, because um, I messaged Dave Caldwell and was like, right, what we need to do is find a, somewhere that we can watch Triple G Canelo, because that's definitely going to be happening later on in the night on Cinco de Mayo, Triple G Canelo 2. Mm. So if it does happen, great. If pay pulls out as we expect it to, it's still a weekend to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this weekend is a weekend to look forward to. It's kind of... Um... Wait, we've got our... I thought that was our little line in to feed our Bellu, our Bellu uh, video casts at the moment. Go on then. Well, you know, I, I, you want me to do it? 
why, why do I have to do everything? You, but you were involved you're in it. You're in charge. You were involved in it. You bloody sell it. And he's your mate. If you want to flog this stuff, you flog the stuff. Okay, so seamlessly that takes me... We'll, we'll cut that out. Seamlessly... I'm not cutting ta- out. Well, that takes us perfectly <laughs> into the fact that uh, we've got a video series available at the moment. We're going to bang it up on YouTube. We're going to put it on our Facebook account as well. Our all-new Facebook. Thank you, Mr. Cattrall. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put it out there as well. We spent, as you probably know if you listen to the show regularly, we spent a couple of hours with Bellew just the week of... Hey, pulling out the fight. But obviously now the fight's been rearranged and everything else. Everything he talks about is still relevant. We've got a cracking little documentary put mm. together with him. We've snapped it up into little bite-sized chunks for you. And we're going to be putting that out across our social media over the next week or two in the build-up to Christmas. You're welcome. It's uh, anyone, if you're a Bellu fan or you're a Bellu hater, it don't matter. Believe me, you've got to see this documentary. See the real Tony Bellew. We talk about everything. We talk about the hay fight, talk about his career, talk about what's next for him, talk about the fact that he's, he, he fancies his chances as a golf pro. We talk about everything he's going to, you know, personally, he's got he's got gone over and, and come through over the last 12 months. It's unmissable stuff. Make sure you tune into it and let us know what you think on social media too. It's all being cut up now. And he, I think the first one is on dealing with fame. He's not the, he's, he likes the cash. He likes the fighting, it, doesn't he? But de- but dealing with the fame stuff, you can you can stick it up your ass, basically. What he said. <laughs> anyway, it's available um, on our YouTube channel and it's also available on our Facebook page at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll put all the links up there for you as well. See, this is why I asked you to do it because you always kind of follow on and do it properly. Afterwards. Succinct, succinct. I think is the word, my friend. Uh, we move on to uh, this weekend um, because this weekend was going to be the big crescendo, the big finale of the year in the world of boxing, anyway, uh, because we were anticipating Bellew here this weekend. Yeah. Yep. And the night before would have been Billy Joe Saunders, Devlin Mew. A great weekend for fight fans. Sadly, one of those has fallen through. Uh, Canada is the destination for the WBO middleweight champion. He's taking on an extremely dangerous fighter. This was almost a perfect weekend, you know. Superb weekend. I was thinking, we'll be in London for a few days. We've got the Katie Taylor fight on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget, we ain't forgot about that. We'll get to that in a minute. Go on, Katie Taylor fight Wednesday. Uh, we do some radio shit Thursday, then Friday night. I was going to take you out on a mandate to see the new Star Wars movie. See, I had it all planned, mate. Mm. I had this lovely weekend planned. Then Saturday night, more radio stuff. Billy Joe Saunders live from Canada, and then on the Sunday we see the end of David Hay. That was the that was the perfect weekend in mm. the run up to Christmas. And then David Hay fucked it. Slightly changed now. We're not going to London. We're not going to be at Katie Taylor's fight on Wednesday. Probably, I like I like the way you've done that. Probably right? going to take me wife to see Star Wars now Listen, instead. I like the way that you've twirled. done this, though. No, I like the way that you've done this, right? Because we're pro- we're not going to Katie. I feel sorry for Katie Taylor, right? Because the only reason that we're not going to Katie Taylor is because the the cherry on top of the cake at the end of the week, Bell you hair, isn't happening. So you've thrown your toys out the pram and gone. Oh, I can't be asked going down for anything else. <laughs> That's basically what has happened. All right, Katie, we'll get to you in a minute. All right. Uh, this weekend, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, David Lemieux over in Canada. This is extremely dangerous. You th- you think it's going one way, I think it's going the other. Yeah. I'll let you go first because Lemieux punches like a fucking mule and you think he's going to catch him. I do, yeah. And I think, listen, I said it when it was first announced. If this fight happens in the copper box on Saturday night, I would, I would sit here now and go, Billy Joe climbs off the floor to win on points. And I would truly, that, that would be my, my yeah. take on it. Yeah. Because I think he'll have to, he'll get caught. He'll have to pick himself up on the canvas, but he'll rally well and he'll nick it on points. I don't think he's able to get off the floor in Canada and win on points. I think he'll rally well. I think he'll make it a close fight. And I think the the British commentary team will argue the fact that he's ahead. But he won't get the decision in Canada. And I think he will get put on the floor by Lamo. I love Billy Joe. Don't get me wrong, I think. In his in his at his peak, when he's at his best, Billy Joe is outstanding. And you know, I would rank him personally as the fourth best middleweight on the planet on his day. Yeah. But Adam, he's hard to get on his day. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time we seen Billy Joe on his day? He's Andy, in Andy Lee when he won it. Yeah. yeah. He's in stinkers. His last couple of fights have been awful. Mm. And there's always an excuse at the end. Mm. I feel like every Billy Joe title defence right now comes with a fucking narrative at the end going, oh, I'm so sorry. This is what happened in my camp or this didn't happen in my camp. And this is, I'm, I'm kind of sick of it as a fight fan. I'm just like, mate, just fucking do us a favour. Just turn up for one. Mm. And I swear, if he doesn't turn up at the weekend, he loses his belt. You think it's going points, though, don't you? You think he's getting knocked down? I think he picks himself up on the canvas, yeah, yeah, yeah. he sees out the fight, but I think Lomulin wins on points. You see, I think he's getting stopped. I think he's getting knocked out early. You think Billy Joe's going to get knocked yeah, out yeah, early? Yeah, 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 I do. Oh, wow, okay. Well, I thought we thought the opposite. I thought you thought Billy no, Joe no, no, was no. going to win. Listen, Billy Joe Saunders is a better boxer than Dave Lemieux, right? Now, no, normally, when I would look at this, I would go, Billy Joe Saunders needs a fighter to come at him 
uh, and bring the fight to him so therefore he can pick him up on the back foot. And he can do that, no question. And if this happens two years ago, I'd say Billy Joe Saunders would box his ears off for 12 rounds and pick up a, a, a unanimous decision. However, you just correctly identified. He's been quite inactive. Every time I've watched Billy Joe since he's become world champion, he's been terrible. The Willie Monroe fight was absolutely awful. I blame Willie Monroe for that, not necessarily Billy Joe. David Lemieux has got better and better over the last 18 months. He has put in some phenomenal performances. He's been knocking out some big kids, and I think he's going to stop Billy Joe Saunders within the first three rounds of this fight. Wow. Mate, he hits too hard. Yeah. He hits hard, and he will get him. Can he, can, he, can, he, can he hold that power? I don't think he can hold that power. Billy Joe's got a good chin, though, man. Mate, listen. Anybody, everybody can have a good chin, but if you're getting hit by a cricket bat, at some point you're going, aren't you? Yep. And yep. I think that this kid hits really, really hard in this particular division. Yep. I think he stops him, he becomes a new WBO champion, and then what we're going to find is David Lemoore uh, versus Canelo, because Canelo is the WBO uh, mandatory challenger. Things happen um, in groups, mate. You know how this happens now. Yeah. We've seen DeGale get uh, whooped at the weekend. Damn right. Uh, we saw Frampton in a really close fight. There's been a few things with Frank in his stable that hasn't necessarily gone their way. Yeah. When have you ever seen an active world champion have to travel to become relevant in his own fucking division? That's what's happening this weekend. 100%. He's having to get on his bike to go to Canada because, one... He nobody's asked. Nobody's asked about him, are they? Nobody's no. nobody's giving him the fights. He's not getting the fight, so he's got to go and travel. And I think he, in Lemieux's backyard, where he has got a vociferous crowd, he is well loved in it's Montreal that they're fighting. Is it? They're over in Canada anyway, Canada, somewhere, yeah. aren't they? I genuinely think that Lemieux's going to be pumped. He knows full well that he ain't going to get too many world title opportunities because it's all tied up with Canelo and Triple G. So he's this is the one for him. He goes in there, he becomes relevant, and he's getting himself a Canelo fight. Court, I think he's going to start him. I really do. Yeah, there's a massive incentive there for him to win. As I say, it's going to be tough to go to Canada and get a get a, get a a decision against someone of this ilk. But you're right, if anyone's going to stop him, it's going to be Lemieux, because he does hit like a mule. He's only lost to the very best out there as well, um, certainly in recent years. I know he's got a couple of early losses on his record, but he, getting stopped by Golovkin, there's absolutely no shame in that. For me, Billy Joe, yes, he was great against Andy Lee when he won the belt, but you know, the, the couple of fights since he just he has he's failed to hit the heights that Eubank Jr. has hit. And Eubank Jr. he beat Eubank Jr. Yeah, he, yeah. he actually beat him in that fight, like there's no question about it. But Eubank Jr. has gone to become a superstar. And I feel like Billy Joe has gone, if anything, he's gone backwards mm. in the last few years. Hence the reason why he's having to go abroad, because he can't sell tickets here. You're right, no one's really interested, fight fan perspective. So it, it's a massive gamble to go over there and put your belt don't, on the Don't get me wrong. If he pulls massive this off, oh, he's if he pulls this right off, in the frame. game on, mate. Yep. I'll take everything that I've just said back. You are right in the mix and you yep. deserve a Canelo shot. You deserve yep. a Triple G shot, 100% if you pull I, this I, off. Again, I, I don't think he gets either because I think they're going to fight each other. And yeah, then yeah. for me, the guy waiting in the wings uh, isn't Billy Joe Saunders either. So um, all you can do at this point is hold on to the belt. You've got He's got the one thing... Um, that nobody else in the division outside of Canelo and Triple G, obviously I'm talking about Daniel Jacobs, has got, and that's a world title belt, because mm. they've got the rest of them. He's got the one thing, the one bit of collateral that Daniel Jacobs hasn't got that may well get him a fight, but you're right, unless he does a big number on Lamoa here this weekend, they're never going to know about him, he's not even on the radar. Mm. Um Listen, thank you very much for listening to us this week. Make sure you're tuning into our social media throughout the course of the week for everything that we're doing on there, including the Bellu videos, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our podcast because there's not only this one, there's a UFC one, there's the Nick's uh, award-winning radio show, which is catering for the Merseyside fight scene where Stephen Smith will be featured on. Uh, that's also on our website as well, fightdisciples.com. Also coming up very, very soon, the Fight Disciples clothing range. You're going to want a piece of this pie, baby, let me tell you. Uh, Luke1977.com are our clothing partners. Uh, go to their website if you're thinking of getting yourself some new togs for your Christmas party. FDLR15 is the uh, code to use to get 15% off at checkout. All right, so that's Luke1977.com, FDLR15. That's the code. Come Katie on. Taylor this week, are we going to have a quick powwow about Katie? Do we know anything about the girl she's fighting? Nah, it's just a coming Five out fight. Five and one. Listen, she's world champion. It's a coming out fight on yeah. Wednesday night. It's nice to have a little bit of a Wednesday night knockout. Lawrence O'Coley, who we spoke to at the yes. weekend. Looking forward to seeing Lawrence. What a top lad he is. Yeah. Hopefully he comes through it and sets up a fight with Isaac Chamberlain next year because there's a bit of animosity there. Um, what's his name? Boatsy. Boatsy's on there. A big fan of Boatsy. He's knocking about. Pretty Boy's on there as well. Josh Taylor. 
Yeah. Uh, there's some good kids on there, man. But as we said to Lawrence at the weekend, it's a fantastic... For us as fight fans, Wednesday night, fantastic to sit there, watch the next generation. We're not being sold, hey, this is fucking amazing. It's go and have a little bit of a nosy in at the next generation, fight against a lot of kids that they're supposed to beat anywhere, but it's giving them the experience of fighting in front of big crowds. I say big crowds, it's your call, which is a different type of crowd where people are right on top of you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Kelly. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing the Ted Cheeseman versus Tony Dixon fight. Good fight. I think that's a belter of a Ted's fight. Ted's decent, man. He is very good, yeah. And this Tony Dixon's 10-1 and one as well. You know, they've got, both had 11 fights. Can it's I just a, point out, evenly matched. regarding Josh Kelly, by the way, right, um, I was in uh, JD Sports the other day, mm-hmm. and they're using him as the... Uh, TV the, advert? Well, he's on the TV advert, isn't he? And they're using him as the in-store model. So every fucking corner of JD Sports, when you're trying some kit on and what have you, he's there modelling it. Now, with all due respect, I don't look fuck all like Josh Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's a good-looking lad, and he yeah. looks good in this, these, these, these new hoodies that I've purchased, right? He looks quite decent in it. So I don't actually have to look in the mirrors anymore. I just go, fuck it, I'm just going to chance it and go with the hoodie, because he kind of does me a little bit of a disservice. <laughs> I think it's funny that you shop in JD Sports, man. You're like 40. <laughs> Cheeky bastard, I'm 36. Why can't I shop in JD Sports? What's wrong with that? <laughs> shop in JD Sports. Why? No. That's where you get your sports hoodies from, isn't it? That's where you get your hoodies from. No. Where'd you get your trainers from? I don't get them from JD Sports. Why? That way, because I'm not fucking all right, 12. Fucking that's why. Gra- all right, granddad, where you get your stuff from, yeah? John Lewis, you, aren't you? I go to Size or John Lewis. Yeah, that's yeah, where you John are, Lewis. yeah. What's, I got on Size or John Lewis. Size is technically a JD Sports, isn't it? Size is like where the cool kids go. Is it? it? Fuck, JD Sports. 12-year-olds 12, 12 12 go to JD Sports. Why do you think I'm down with the Utes? Why do you think I'm getting to speak to the likes of Anthony Yard and Lawrence Acorley? Yeah? Because they see me in JD and they go, all right, so bread. So you're walking around even when you haven't been with one of those fucking stupid rucksacky bag things, yeah, little yeah, plastic yeah. bags. That's it, yeah. JD Sports. Grow up. I'm going to have a word with Katie. What, what, What's wrong with you? Where, where'd you get your tackle from? Where'd you get your stuff from? I go I go there to get the baby's trainers. That's about it. Well, while you're in there getting the baby's trainers, get yourself a little bit of something get as well. Out of town. Look grow, at me. Go up. up. Look at this hoodie that grow, I've got. Get to Selfridges. You know, get to John How fucking much money do you think I've got? I can't afford that shit. I'm bloody using discount codes on Luke1977.com, sunshine. That's where I'm at. Bloody hellfire. Got myself my new hoodie, looking a bit like Josh Taylor. All I need to do is grow my barnet back and we're yes, away, aren't we? Exactly, yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, sorry for that little rant at the end of the show. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. Don't forget, coming next week, we'll have all the fallout to the Billy Joe Saunders escapades in uh, Canada and we'll talk about Josh Kelly's performance, obviously. And then we will be bringing you our review of 2017. If you've got anything that you want on that show, by the way, ping it our way at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.